This is Doing Translational Research, a podcast from the Bronfenbrenner Center for Translational Research in the College of Human Ecology at Cornell University. Okay, so welcome to Doing Translational Research. I'm Tony Burrow, your host, your shiny new host for this podcast, and director, shiny new director of the Bronfenbrenner Center for Translational Research. I'm joined today by Dr. Patrick Hill. Welcome, Pat. Thank you, Tony. It's great to be here. Uh, Pat is an associate professor of psychological and brain sciences at Washington University in St. Louis. He's also the director of the PATH Lab, which I think it's safe to assume does not stand for the Pat H Lab, uh, but in fact has more meaningful uh, as an acronym uh, with more meaningful concepts behind it. Pat, what does the PATH Lab stand for? Uh, the PATH Lab uh, is not just. It's partially a narcissistic uh, approach to naming your own lab, but uh, more broadly, uh, it is referring to purpose, aging, transitions, and health, uh, in which our lab focuses on topics kind of spanning all of those domains, trying to figure out how it, how we could help individuals deal with important transition periods during the lifespan, as we know that these transition periods play out in important ways for later health and well-being. Ah, so as suspected, um, it does have deeper meaning behind it. I thought it would be pretty impressive for someone at your point in your career to have a lab named after you, but it reads different (laughs) if you're the one naming it after you. But um, that makes a lot of sense. Um, You know, I should probably take a minute and provide a bit of context for why I'm giving Pat such a hard time. Uh, He and I are are old friends. Um, uh, we go back. Pat is perhaps my most longstanding and cherished friend and colleague in this work. We met in what was it, Pat? Two thousand five or two thousand six? My goodness. Um, yeah. We go. We go back. And um, I had proximity to his work, both as a collaborator and just a consumer of the work he does. And so, for for some folks, it may seem a bit odd uh, to have a chance to interview a close colleague, but I'm looking forward to this conversation because I realize as I reflect back over our working relationship and friendship that I don't know a lot about Pat's motivations and sort of his own understandings for why he's pursuing the work that he's pursuing. So this conversation uh, will be really interesting and informative. Uh, I hope for everybody else as much as it is uh, for (laughs) me and for me as well. Um, Let's begin here, Pat. If you could... um, summarize, and you talked about sort of the the topics that your lab is focused on, but if you could sort of summarize your research interests, and I think if I could put a point on that question, I would ask, what are the sort of the guiding or big questions you're trying to answer through research? Sure. Um, I think uh, one of the guiding questions really is, um, we all face these difficult periods of our life, these times in which we have to figure out uh, who we are and where we want to go, and these are these transitory periods are really important, um, not only as kind of a potential for risk, uh, but also for opportunity. And I think uh, if I were to like pin it down, a lot of my work is focused on helping individuals to find a direction, to find goals for their life during these periods when they may feel either at a loss of goals or a loss of direction, or perhaps uh, overwhelmed by all the opportunities uh, available to them, 
um, and having to select which ones are most important to them. So it, overall, the research program is focused on what we can do to help individuals transition uh, throughout the lifespan uh, towards finding that kind of direction and that motivation that is uh, most personally meaningful to them. You know, I think a staple feature of your research is that it's developmental. It takes sort of a lifespan lens. And for some of the questions you're pursuing about goals and life aims, there's there's a sense that, you know, when in the lifespan does that happen to people? But I think your perspective is that there's multiple times in which people can engage with these things. Um, but let me check in with you on that. Is there a particular period of the lifespan where these kinds of questions seem most relevant or important for people? Yeah, it's a very good question that uh, I, I think one of the things that my uh, research program, uh, like one of the guiding principles is perhaps we need to throw out some of our conceptions of when when these things are more or less meaningful that, uh, you know, as you and I did way back when we were talking about how to help youth find a sense of purpose. So on one stage of my uh, research program is understanding how adolescents uh, can find goals and direction for life, as well as college students and emerging adults, uh, with the idea that all too often there may be uh, stereotypes or perceptions out there that, you know, youth may not be as focused on what is my overarching goal or aim for life. And I think that's one transition period that we really focus on. And to give another example, uh, we see this later in the lifespan uh, with retirees that uh, there's, you know, I, I was at least brought up in the uh, cultural mindset of, you know, retirement is kind of a time to relax or take a break. Um, and with that, we see that a lot of individuals report a lower sense of direction, a lower sense of uh goal setting later in the lifespan. Um, but it's kind of detrimental in the sense that we also show in my program a lot of benefits to older adults who can maintain this kind of direction or the sense that they are, are doing something non-trivial and, and valued. So I guess one way of reframing this is taking a developmental perspective to um, perhaps combat some of these beliefs that we we have at different stages of, you know, this is kind of typical of adolescent development. This is typical of older adult development. Um, and we even see this at times in some of the work that I do uh, around midlife uh, that, you know, middle adulthood was for quite a long period of time thought to be largely a period of stability or maintenance um, and our work shows like there are some really important transitions that go on during that period. And there's a lot of meaningful changes that arise with respect to someone's personality, someone's goal, goals and motivations. And picking up on that information really is valuable for understanding implications for intervention or pre prevention of later health concerns. Now that you've fully answered the question, I'm going to go full reviewer two on you and ask you a bit more probative question about that. Because given your focus, I think you sort of take a perspective that not a lot of other people do in this area, which is 
to think about these things unfolding over the course of a lifespan. And you talked about that in discrete sort of stages or phases of the lifespan, but do you gain any insight or have you gleaned anything of interest about how, like, what is the benefit for your program of research for studying these multiple stages of the lifespan? Is there something we learn in adolescence or emerging adult, for example, that changes sort of an, 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 the, the inferences you might draw or the questions you would ask in midlife or in later, later adulthood? I think that's an excellent question. And it's something that in each of these areas, in each of these developmental contexts, you see researchers increasingly becoming aware of that point, that uh, for some of the work I do in gerontology and older adulthood, like I, I think if there's one message to really bring across is the idea that aging is not just in older adulthood. <laughs> like a- aging and development is a process that occurs throughout the lifespan. And uh, with the recognition that like this was something brought up in some of the first theories of lifespan development, that how we resolve and how we deal with important, uh, important turning points, important decisions early in the lifespan has impact later on. And I mean, we see this in some of our research, uh, looking at how early life experiences, early life adversity and trauma, early life social connections matter for whether or not you're able to form this kind of functional or strong sense of purpose later in the lifespan. And I think this is something that uh, with more more studies that allow us to follow people for decades, um, hopefully we're going to be able to gain greater um, greater awareness of how important it is to follow somebody and and know more about people at each stage of the lifespan in order to predict how they are doing at their current stage or future stages. That's really interesting to think about. You know, certainly to, to detect and talk about the importance of of these developments. And earlier you mentioned sort of a focus on informing and tailoring interventions. Um, can you talk about um, any sort of partnerships that you've developed with communities or organizations or agencies sort of off campus or non-academic stakeholders in, in your research? Uh, do you have any such partnerships that you extend your research with? Um, so most of the work uh, that we've been doing with agencies off campus has been focused more on the older adult population. Uh, We have some wonderful opportunities here through uh, our great public health uh, program and uh, other groups to to find these partners out in the St. Louis community. Um, And this is something that uh, I was working on even before I moved to St. Louis. And the primary objective of some of this work has been to go into retirement communities. And, you know, first, uh, we've done a lot of research now looking at what retirement communities, right, retirement community members think of when it comes to purpose and direction. Um, And in order to help couch what interventions may look like for those groups. So to give uh, a more Concrete example, Um, I know we were brought in at one point uh, by an activity director at a retirement community that uh, the activity director was really interested in, you know, how do we help uh, our members 
to remain active and engaged with the things going on, uh, the programs available to them. Um, and I think one of the most fascinating parts of uh, this community engagement process was recognizing just how difficult it is to create these kinds of interventions um, with the recognition that no no one thing fits for everyone. Um, that this activity director brought up the fact that you know when uh, she was asking, well, what could we, uh, what would you like us to do, and asking all the the members of the community, you know, what kinds of things could we we spend our funds on? What kinds of things uh, would be valuable to you? If there's 30 different members, you get 30 different answers of, like, <laughs> I want to do more arts and crafts. I want to do more gardening. Like, there were lots of different activities that came up, uh, with, which really points to the profound recognition that everybody has different things that matter to them in a non-trivial sense and can give them that sense of direction. So we've been working with some of the communities here, uh, unfortunately, given uh, the events of this past year, we haven't been able to do much uh, within retirement communities lately. Um, but the last time that we uh, went to one, I think the first thing that we try to engage the uh, community members with is this recognition both that, you know, what my direct, th there's no one right direction or there's no one right thing that uh, people should be striving towards to, to feel purposeful and directed. Um, and also helping them to get away from this idea that, a, you know, your purpose in life has to be some giant thing. <laughs> um, hmm. Hmm. And I think that's been really valuable uh, for me to recognize that in, in, you know, the back and forth with these communities of, you know, I can take all the research I have from these large longitudinal studies of adults uh, using the same measures across the lifespan and, and say like, well, you need to find this. Um, but when you actually have these community engagements, uh, this, this work with the retirement communities, you recognize um, how important it is to kind of tailor things to different individuals and how frustrating, I guess, that can be when you have limited resources and limited opportunities in any one community. Right. So I, I don't in any way envy these uh, activity directors who are trying to find ways to make use of what they have. Um, but we're trying uh, our best to figure out ways to, to help them in, in that process. But, that, that's actually an interesting point. You know, in, in terms of the sort of the true to our name here, in terms of doing translation to research, there's, as you talked about this, there seems to be both some, some, challenges or obstacles to the direct translation of your science into retirement settings, but there's also opportunities for insights. And so a couple of these, I want to sort of see if I'm hearing them right and get your reaction to. So on one hand, it sounds like, um, you know, you're doing science that's producing sort of a, a an average view of things, like trying to understand where are people on these constructs of purpose and motivation and goal setting. Um, and yet you show up in a space and there may be, you know, 30 different people and, you know, there's not a, there's not a one size fits all interpretation from your science. Um, right. But then, but then it sounds like that's informative to you to learn. And people say, you know, there's not just one purpose out there that may be infused by all kinds of content, whatever. Have you, do you ever um, learn something 
by these engagements, by interacting and partnering in these community settings that you take back to the laboratory, to your, to your own, to the next logical question that you would ask? Does it ever go the other direction? Yeah, I, I definitely think it's it's valuable in both ways. Um, I, well, I, I hope it's valuable for the community for me to be there, but <laughs> sure, um, it's certainly valuable uh, for us in terms of th- this. Like the first real engagement uh, that I did at my previous occup- uh, occupation, we were going into a community, and, and that's where we started doing these interviews um, to ask people what. What does it mean to to have a purpose? What does it mean to have goals? And ask them about their lifespan trajectory of like when did you when did you think you had a purpose if you don't have one right now hmm. and so forth. Um, and it was a really telling process, uh, both to hear like people's lifespan narratives of purpose. You could see individuals who fit all of those camps of people who were still purposeful and had been purposeful their whole life, felt like they had a very strong goal directing them the whole time. But then several individuals and perhaps uh, the plurality or majority um, were individuals who thought that like older adulthood really wasn't a period in which that was uh, a typical time to engage. And it, it was fascinating for us in the respect of, you know, we do all this work, we, we publish all these papers on like, you you should have a purpose, have, have a sense of purpose. It's a really good thing. And then you hear the stories from individuals who are saying like, well, that's, that's perhaps for young people or like, I, I'm too old for a purpose. And, and these quotes that to us felt like, oh my goodness, like this is kind of demoralizing, but for the individual, it wasn't so much. So I, I think that led us to a couple of different, uh, a couple of different realizations that, one, perhaps, you know, even if you're showing all these benefits of having a sense of purpose, it's valuable to take a step back and, and recognize like retirement means a lot of things to a lot of different people. And uh, you, you do have to acknowledge that conception of retirement differs, but also acknowledge that what measures we were using may not map on to the questions that we were doing in these interviews. So we would still like find people who would say, you know, this is for younger, uh, younger adults. Uh, Like I, I I did that a while ago, but they would still report that their life uh, had non-trivial activities. It, It had a sense of direction, even though they had just told us very explicitly, like, I don't feel like I have, a purpose right now. Um, and, and I think that was really telling for us to try to think through what is the impact of this word, um, that, that this word had such power, um, both for good and bad in a lot of ways of, uh, like the last time that I went into a retirement community, um, I almost had to start the talk with downplaying (laughs) what I meant like okay, you may think a purpose is this, but here's what I here's what I'm interested in. Um, and it wasn't until that that the members started actually engaging and answering questions and talking back with us. Um, that I, I don't know a great way of saying this other than uh, through this translational process, through this connection uh, with community members, you gain perspectives on the constructs of interest to you 
that you don't have by just putting out surveys and, and conducting the kinds of uh, between-person comparisons that we typically do um, in, in our field. And I think those insights are really impactful for trying to think through, are, are we capturing what we want to capture uh, with our work, or are there new new avenues for, for directing these assessments or directing the questions we want to ask? That, that That's really interesting. Um, you know, and it sort of telegraphs where I want to go uh, next is to think about sort of the the big insights, the things that you, through your your research, your translational research, um, kind of what are the big takeaways here, um, particularly with respect to this idea of purpose? And I can see how it's captivating both to you and your lab, but also to the communities you work with. And it may actually be of benefit. Um, you've alluded to this several times, but to hear from you, what is purpose? Sort of a, what is your definition of it, or how do you characterize it to the groups you work with? And and from there, what are the big insights about it that you think are are meaningful and that others should know? Yeah, so I, I mean, to start with, um, we're we're fortunate in a lot of ways to be studying the kinds of constructs that we are, um, because I I know how difficult it can be to do this kind of community engagement, to do this uh, work outside of the university um, when the partner doesn't necessarily buy into the idea as much. We're very fortunate that purpose has some cachet, hmm, that when we go to uh, schools, uh, when one interested in uh, some of our high school work or, or adolescent work, and when we go to retirement communities, it, I, I usually don't have to sell the director or sell the people involved on Hey, a purpose is important. Or that mm-hmm. helping people to find a purpose is important, um, and and I think that leads into answering your question about what it is that we we have to start by taking uh, taking notice of the fact that it it is something that has great appeal in in the popular culture in. Uh, in all these communities with respect to having having the opportunity to provide people this sense of uh, direction and, and the sense of what they are doing is is meaningful and important to them. So when I talk about purpose to, to groups, that's usually what I focus on is the idea that you know you are finding that direction, you're finding that goal for yourself, that helps to activate your daily activities, your daily engagements in a manner that is non-trivial to you um, with the acknowledgement that, you, you know, this is, this is a personal thing um, that you, you don't have to find a purpose that appeases the world or, or something bigger and, and broader that simply being able to find those things that keep you engaged and active in your community. And, and we see this a lot with the roles that people take within the retirement communities that, um, you know, one thing that came up quite a bit uh, in, across different communities was asking people about uh, like gardening or um, helping to do, helping to, create the activities for that community, like uh, holiday parties and such, like the, these things where people in the community could recognize, like I am doing something that is important to me and perhaps 
maybe has importance to others in the sense of, you know, with gardening, there are a lot of people who may say, see that and like, well, is that a purpose, like big P purpose or something? Um, but what we're seeing is like when you, this is an activity that is both engaging, but also something at the end of the day that they were able to say like, oh, I helped out my community in that sense. I helped uh, make it a more pleasurable or enjoyable experience in my community by helping to maintain the grounds. Um, and I think that's where uh, where we see the value of purpose once we can get people dissuaded from the from the idea that it has to be this really important, profound thing of of great consequence. Um, and, and that might be a way of helping to dissuade these um, d- dissuade these uh, stereotypes that have been brought up of when in the lifespan purpose is something to engage with. So, that, that, oh, so, so no, sorry for the interruption, because this is interesting. You're, you're, you're clearly tapping into something that to your point is recognizable. It's familiar on one hand, a purpose uh, it's in the sort of lingo of everyday discourse, this notion of purpose, but what comprises it, it's, it's components, it's active ingredients may differ from person to person. And so you have sort of a, a familiar but elusive concept by which with you're engaging different communities and individuals within those communities. Um, and you're, you're, you're deriving from that an understanding that for, you know, it can, it can be whatever it is to you, but you're trying to find these general trends of impact is people who walk around with that sense benefit in these various ways. I, I, I suspect that's a really interesting concept to grapple with from a research standpoint, but then to see it at play in people's lives from, from there, from the uh, experiences you've had researching these concepts and seeing the variety by which it manifests in people's lives, what would you want to do with that knowledge? What is an area uh, an experience or a domain of impact? What is something you would like to see your work impact in the real world? That's a really, really good and tricky uh, question in terms of, um, I, I think one of the ways uh, that this work sh- could provide an impact is understanding um, understanding again that there is no, you know, three things to have a purpose or something like these articles that you read in, in magazines or something like what, what are the three tips we can give people? Um, But we need to take a more multifaceted approach uh, to helping individuals kind of walk through, you know, okay, which of these things are most uh, valuable to you? Which of these motives are most valuable? And and trying to build up that sense of purposefulness and direction, which may already exist, I think, for some people, that that they may not recognize that they're actually being as directed and goal-focused or or perhaps need a, a reminder of why these things that, that have now become routine for them are actually following their broader uh, their broader ambition or their broader aim, um, 
and I think that's one way that hopefully uh, we can advance the broader field, the broader science in terms of avoiding this idea that we we can create interventions that don't involve the individual. Um, we can show all the benefits. Um, I, I can show you all the benefits of why having a sense of purpose is important, and that really motivates the need for intervention. Um, and in that sense, it returns to the idea that, you know, this is never a construct we have to sell sell communities on and sell, and sell people uh, across different groups have contacted me regarding, you know, what can I do to help promote purpose in this group or that group? Um, so purpose does have, like, we, we need to build from that cachet and that kind of universal value that it seems to have in our, in our broader, uh, context and our, and to help individuals see either how it is accessible to them or how to activate it in a way that, you know, we, we can create these interventions that, broadly capitalize on uh, general ideas involving how how to get people to understand what is valuable to them or how to get people to think through like which of these daily activities matter to me. Um, but we also need to recognize that you can't take the individual or the per person out of these inter interventions. So we, we need to recognize that each individual is different when it comes to their specific goals or their specific interests, and and we can't try to um, say that this is this is the right purpose for all, or, or this is this is the appropriate thing that we should be coaching people towards. Um, I, I think that's a really important change that we need to make in terms of not just coaching or intervening to promote a certain goal or a certain mindset. Um, but to to use more broad-based measures to help individuals find what is meaningful to them and valuable to them first, um, rather than focusing on any any one purpose, I guess. Yeah, that that does seem like quite the challenge. So we began by acknowledging that that, that the notion of purpose and life directedness uh, is both familiar and elusive, sort of simultaneously, and kind of ending with the recognition that it's it's both abundant um, and highly sought after <laughs> because there's a, a sense from listening to you that people can find sort of and reconcile a sense of purpose, but you have to be open to the fact that that may look very different to them than the person sitting next to them and sitting next to them and so on. Um, and so it just seems like a very uh, fascinating concept in which to engage and develop a research program, but also to engage communities. Um, you know, Pat, I can, we can keep you on forever, uh, but the podcast must end. So we're going <laughs> to wrap up here and you and I can go back to relentlessly texting one another uh, behind <laughs> the scenes, but I um, just want to thank you very much for your time and walking us through your, your research. No, thank you very much. This was uh, quite, quite enjoyable to be a part of. So. Agreed. Thank you very much. information about translational research or the work of the Bronfenbrenner Center, please visit www.bctr.cornell.edu.